Hello, we're so glad you could join us. I'm Lauren. I'm Katie. We're your hosts. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between good friends, sharing life stories and trying to make sense of growth, healing and the journey home. Today, rather than two voices, you'll be hearing three. We've invited David Greenwood onto Chrysalis Connection for a long and juicy chat. We get deep pretty quickly and talk about the meaning of life, altering our consciousness, music, meditation, expectations and ultimately what makes us who we are. In this episode we share our own views and speak from personal experience so if you're up for it it's one hell of a ride. We hope you feel part of the conversation and inspired to reflect on your own journey too. This is your invitation to connect with us. Welcome to Crystalist Connection. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> nice Hi. to meet you. Yeah you too. Hi Lauren. How are you, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm really excited that you guys are meeting. I know. So <laughs> telling one about the other for ages now, and you've both been like, I've got a... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, uh, good that you decided to make a podcast so we can have an excuse to have a chat. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. going to happen in person. <laughs> uh, well, not at the moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah, well, in the time's right. <laughs> Whenever maybe, this is. Is, maybe this is the new in person. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, that. I mean, long distance-wise, it works, doesn't it? Yeah, it's working for us. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen both of you in like a year or a year and a half, so. Oh, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny, funny old year. Maybe we should tell everyone then that the person we're speaking to is the voice behind our music. Yes. Which uh, listeners have just heard in full, actually. The voice behind you, you mean the, you mean the, well, the, the programming? <laughs> the oh, program. The fingers. Yeah, well. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the, the creative right, genius yeah. behind yeah. the music then. Would you? I mean, you know, <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm pleased, I'm pleased that you asked me because it's nice to have something that I'm, I like doing that can be useful for other people too. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was nice seven to ten hours of my time. So, yeah, thank you. Is that how long it really took? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, it wasn't wasn't like grinding away you know it was just exploring a bit and sort yeah. of giving what Katie gave me as a premise for it and then just go yeah, with we that. wanted to talk about that actually mm. um because it, it came so like so intuitively so naturally because I told you about the idea for the podcast way way before mm. we'd started recording or anything told you the name and then I was about to ask you and you said Cuzzy do you want me to do the music for you and I was like oh yeah can you Oh, did I invite yeah, myself? Yeah, I loved today? it. Right, um, okay. <laughs> and then I just sort of said, like, yeah, okay, three key words. So upbeat, mystical, and transformation, and just yeah. do your thing. And that was it. And this was like yeah. the first thing you sent us. Yeah, that's good. Not always like that, is it? No. It's not always. <laughs> so I've been editing my book and I've been preparing. So I've written a book and it's about a sock. And I've been try preparing to send that to literary agents. So in the, you know, with the intent of getting it published. Amazing. So now I've been finalizing all those bits. There's like so many little checklists and like ideas about how to do stuff. So you got to write a covering letter and a synopsis and send them a sample of the writing of like say first three chapters and just all these like just condensing, shrinking everything down. So you gave me three words, which mm -hmm. I probably didn't, I forgot about by the time I started doing the thing. I was just like, you know, feel it. 
that that's the nice thing. You don't have to, there wasn't a big checklist. It was just, here's the instructions, follow that to as best you can. But this is like, oh, it's different. It's, there's a whole world of people that have taken this so seriously, come up mm. with their, these ideas about stuff. So I, but it's good. It's good in that challenging way of like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. So it must be growing as a result of that, right? Well, this Not, is why we mm. invited you on, because that's one of our key words. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, grow, growing. Growing. Yeah. <laughs> growing growth. Yeah. 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 Evolution. Well, we can't help it, right? So I, th- I suppose if, if it is going to be uncomfortable, no matter what, then might as well pick the things in which to grow with. And then, yeah. Then when it's uncomfortable, at least it's by choice, right? It's deliberate and not sort of, mm. you know, just, oh God, this is horrible. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm doing it. Yeah. Intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I could just see on Lauren's face how much she's enjoying this already. I'm loving this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I said to her this morning, I said, I can't wait to just like be on a fly on a wall between like you guys meeting each other. <laughs> I just want to sit here and like listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no this was um oh i've had loads of coffee so um <laughs> in case i fell asleep halfway through no, not that that's likely i'm sitting here all nervous but oh god something's happening <laughs> this, is, this is new to me well, this is we've planned this the least as well we sort of mm. we called each other this morning and then we thought gosh we don't really need to plan we just it will flow in the direction it needs to exactly Uh so yeah we do have a couple of questions that we've thought well you you said about our first episode that you loved hearing us squirm at each Mm. other's questions because you yeah 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 it's good it's like as you're asking each other pretty you know serious questions it's like all right and you have to on the spot think of a response so what are you going to do to me now only if you want to yeah well I, well yeah if you want to but also you know if you've got any questions for us feel free that's mm. mm, just like we'll just like flow with it you know yeah. you guys are in, this is your this is your ship i'm like a passenger so um you're i'm happy for you to direct the flow of this nice conversation cool okay <laughs> So I wanted to ask you, just think of a number between like zero and 40. Mm-hmm. Tell us the number. 37. 37, okay. Yeah. Um, think of yourself age 37. That wasn't no. that long ago, so um, yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there any advice you would give yeah. to yourself age 37? Ooh, I mean, that's three years ago any advice uh yeah yeah keep going just keep going to keep doing what you're doing and like just keep keep at it whatever you're doing now just keep at it the things that you like doing because i was doing that was only three years ago all the things that i um, start like you know in the process of realizing now was i was doing three years ago so the best advice I could have given myself is just keep going, just keep doing it. Don't and don't worry about anything else. Just you know, when you can, in whatever way you can, just keep going. Because yes, yeah, I had loads of things that I was working on then, and like if if me from the future popped up and said, "Oh, take it seriously, enjoy it, and just keep going," then I would have listened to that mm. for sure. Rather than someone that else. Would have been, that would have been. Well, I mean, you know, if if someone else said that. Like that, that, if I do hear other people saying that, maybe not in exactly that was a simplified version of that. I mean, loads of people are saying things like that, but just keep going, just keep 
just keep keep pursuing the things that you're you're doing because for and not for any other not because in a few years time this will be the realization of it just to do it because you that you you like doing this it's good mm. it's good to do like i was i was writing this book that i've finished now i was working on music which i'm always doing and like you know i don't think i say that to myself enough is like just keep doing it like you know it's more at the moment it's like i just want to do it and i don't have the electricity to do it so <laughs> but just keep just keep going and and also i suppose also like you know if it's not working don't beat yourself up about it you can do something else you know it's just but yeah just keep pl plowing plug plugging plowing's not the right word yeah, that plowing sounds through, like plowing yeah plowing works well plowing it sounds like that sounds like you that sounds like you're hooked up to some great big heavy <laughs> mechanical instrument that's a hard it doesn't i don't yeah i it, the more i'm learning about stuff is it doesn't necessarily need to be hard it's my mm. my attitude towards it i maybe i would say this to myself three years ago too it's like dude your attitude to what you're doing is paramount pretty much you know it's like there's not much above that is that's the yeah the, the attitude towards so for example say i'm say i'm writing and i'm sort of like trying to do something and it's not working and as opposed to like getting myself into a sort of having a chat with myself first and go just relax into it and like acknowledge when you're having fun like you know tune into the fun part of this because it is all fun mm. even horrible stuff can be fun you know like cleaning the toilet <laughs> you know like it's not who the who wants to clean the toilet no one wants to clean the toilet but you can you might get the best it depending on your attitude you might get the best idea whilst cleaning the toilet yeah i get loads of I've had loads of great ideas in the toilet, like really, really good ideas. When I'm nowhere near a pen or paper with which to write it down quickly, it's just boom, it's there. Like, oh, great. Now, while I'm in the process of. Now that you say that. <laughs> the train moment. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of creative ideas in the toilet. The name to the podcast came to me when I was brushing yeah. teeth in the bathroom. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I had nice. to just suddenly spit the toothpaste out and run to my phone and record the message and send it to Lauren. It just came yeah, to me. Yeah, 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 yeah um, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's yeah. being in the flow, isn't it? Like when you when things come to you like that, it's like you're totally yeah. in the flow of life. Like you can't Yeah, well, that's you're engaged. Just... You're engaged doing something else. There's nothing else that you need to be doing right now. Exactly. And I suppose like, you know, if you but buy into the idea that like well ideas are just sort of there yeah they're not you don't have to sort of like you kind of tune into them mm. but you have to be receptive to tune in your antenna has to be dialed to that and like the best way to be tuned to anything like that is to be completely involved in something else yes and not having that particular because you know when you really want an idea you really want the solution to a problem you're sitting there going well what what is it you can't it can't find you it's mm. there it's always there everything's always there but it can't find you because you're not actually in the vicinity of it like you're mm. not your antennas you're giving out the wrong message as well up. because you're sort of you're so it's important I'm, like i do this daily like i this is, i have to have chats with myself in the, the better chats are oi <laughs> what are you doing like, <laughs> get it just let it let it come like for example making music on a computer the best ideas that ever happen they're not they're just sort of accidents so they just what i'm doing is i'm trying to do something completely different and something that i've been trying to do for years 
just flops out in front of me. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Now I understand how to do that. But yeah. it wasn't because I was trying to do that in that moment. It just sort of happened. It's like how you always find things when you're not looking for that thing, but you find yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, that's kind of counterintuitive. Is that the right word? Or like, that's not, I mean, we go to school to like study subjects and you focus on that subject to learn the subject, right? Like that's, there's the, I don't remember ever being in school being told, all right, so here's some mathemat maths, mathematics or something. Just think about gardening for a while instead, you know? But don't worry, the solution will appear. So you know you have to graft mm. at it. You have to mm. really sort of work and work and work. But I, I think, yeah, the practice of something puts you in, like, it, it probably readies you for being receptive to that, whatever it is yeah. that you're after. I think it's about you know thought patterns and like how to think and how to be open to things and how to tune into being okay with not knowing for a bit and then being open to when it the idea will come to you yeah it's like mm. a balancing act yeah like that kind of attitude that's new to me that not new but it's new it's more like the last decade of my mm. life I've been you know through what the books that I've read all about the you know the things that I've been experiences that I've had that have pointed me in other directions it's been that's when that idea has been sort of louder and like more like just to be a, yeah just to relax and let things happen as opposed to forcing yeah. them you know make making them happen it's all tricky language isn't it yeah <laughs> are there any kind of books you just touched on books that you've read surrounding the subject are there any books that you'd recommend or that have really spoken to your soul around this yeah, I mean, like, I suppose 10 years ago was the first time I ever encountered anything that was, like, before 10 years ago, life was one way. And then after something happened, I was like, oh, oh, there's stuff I don't know. This this life is not exactly what I thought it was mm -hmm. before. This is different. There's some, there's something going on here. And then I started reading. I found a couple of books. One was about, like, occultism, because, like, there, that was saying like on the dust jacket that was saying things that was like okay there's different ways of interacting with reality like even that idea of like that you're interacting with reality I was just you know a person like you know just you do this stuff happens the sun comes up every day I don't know I don't know why I don't know how it doesn't matter and then there was this occult book was like talking about sort of interacting deliberately with reality but I found another one that was called Finding the Third Eye. And that was, you know, just it was going on about a whole bunch of stuff, like frequencies and things, which, I mean, I was not interested in religion mm. or like anything spiritual before that. But then, well, I had an experience that made me go, hang on, <laughs> something's going on there. Like, this is not, I mean, this is kind of cliche, but I had an extremely large dose of LSD. That was kind of like, it felt like my university. It felt like in an instant, I got shown more information that I had to reverse engineer and unpack than I would have ever believed possible before that moment. And it was like, okay, I've got questions now. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, that, that was real. That happened. This is the problem with, I suppose, drug experience. It's really easy to dismiss that and go, that was a drug experience. It's not real, mm -hmm. real. That was as real as 
anything I've ever encountered and so unreal compared to my normal reality that I was like, whoa, what? There's something going on there. Friends that were experienced with that more than I was had no answers for me. There was very little that I found. And, you know, t- talking to certain people like family, parents and things is not awesome. <laughs> I can't say <laughs> a mistake, but it didn't help. It did not help because they had no experience with that. Like, yeah. It just sounded like gobbledygook. Yeah, it's a language they don't speak. Well, and also ability to articulate it was, mm. you know, limited as well. It's like, you know, ah, oh, this fantastical thing happened. But then as it comes out of my mouth, mm-hmm. that just sounds mm. ridiculous. That's the thing. It, it, it can be so hard to put it, those kind of experiences into words. And you might understand it on a intuitive, psychic, visual level, but you just don't have like the machinery to articulate it. Yeah, you've got it as an experience, but that experience was your experience and that how that translates out of your mouth is not, certain people might be on board with you like that, but that, yeah, not everyone can be because it's not their language, not their, there's no reference for them in their you know, world. It's just, just sounds like the ramblings of a crazy person, <laughs> which, I have more understanding of the ramblings of crazy people now because, yeah, I have been one. (laughs) (laughs) What what you said, Lauren, as well, like with why do these, is it always seem to be that these after like, you know, Mm. Joseph LSD or something, but there are, there's many stories of people that didn't have Mm. any sort of obvious psychedelic encounter that just happened to them anyway i mean they're the people that are like you get called crazy anyway because they start talking about angels and blah 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 like true know. yeah for most people for most people that's like okay yeah it's not i don't see angels i don't like talk to people that aren't there but i there's loads of stories about people that that have these experience on the natch which also, I understood during my experience, it's got nothing to do with these little squares of paper yes. that have a drug on them. It, they, it went beyond that. It went, this isn't, it's all made up. It's all make-believe. But then you start saying that kind of thing to people and they're like, like well, no, the I've got a lot invested. Yeah, I've got yeah, a lot yeah. invested in this being real because, you know, it's the foundations of our being. But. Yeah, attachment to kind of this idea of life. Well, yeah, and if you start Bible bashing people with that, they get very it raises their hackles man mm. like it raises my hackles mm. but i love that that's what i liked it's about tricky. it that's why, I went that's why i started reading books and trying to understand what was going on because i was incredible it's uncomfortable but it's really exciting as well like you know there's there's other things going on to what i perceived that there was beforehand but mm-hmm. yeah that's like i've learned it took a long time to understand you know you don't have to tell anyone else that you don't have to communicate that to anyone else i mean they if they can share your excitement it's not gonna be mm. it's not for them it's actually gonna push them away even further like, oh, yeah. they're gonna think more of those ideas scare as them. Dangerous, translate what and, your excitement and, into their fear yeah yeah and you've always said to me that actually you know excitement and anxiety are like two sides of the same coin really it's just mm. potential it depends how you channel it yeah which that's like you know that's that's a big deal that idea i think oh, like yeah. you know what hang on hang on anxiety and excitement are the same thing but it's just how i'm interpreting them because it's like well actually hang on wait whoa 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 this is we do you love superhero stories but it's like well hang on wait wait the intensity of my anxiety is actually the power that i have to create with or if i can direct that whoa what can i do with that that's like then you're like whoa i want to be anxious so i want to you know show me how powerful i am that's like that's wicked right 
when you when you're anxious, it's awful. It's not. Yeah. You're not enjoying that. All you want it to stop. Yeah. Go back to normal. Go back to being comfortable. Yeah. I'm still training myself to interpret that kind of thing differently because it's always been worthwhile for me to do so. But it takes practice. It takes practice. It's really cool because I remember you saying that to me. I want to say like around eight years. I was at uni. I think I was second year at uni, and I remember the phone call we had because I remember standing by the window in my bedroom at the time. It's like a really mm. visual, vivid memory for me. Remember you saying that, mm. and at the time it was sort of like, mm, I kind of half get it, I want to get it, but I just don't yet. Mm. But it's always mm. been ticking over in my mind, and then the more sort of pivotal experiences that I've, ex- I've had like that, it's kind of confirmed mm. that or taught me to in- how to interpret it. And then mm. this year with things like Shelf Help, is I'm now reading stuff like that in the books, I'm like, oh yeah, mm. what, what my cousin said was, is true. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But it's having the framework and having the resources to know how to uh, interpret that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because just as a boom, an idea, it's like, okay, well, how can... Big idea. Yeah, it's, it's a, it actually implies a big change in the way an individual thinks to sort of assimilate that idea. I still am. Like, you know, I babble on about it all. Any chance I get the opportunity to, but I still have to practice it myself because I forget constantly. That's, you know, part of the game. You know, the better I get at reminding myself, the more I'm integrated with that. But it's still a daily process. It's not like, I don't know, maybe you can reach a point where you're like, set, done. I don't know if that is available. I don't know if that would be relevant. Why would I need to be here if I've got everything completely sorted? Maybe that's death. Maybe that's when we we graduate this life and we move on. Yeah. Because it's like... Any new subject that appears, like, you know, any any relationship trouble you're having, any, I mean, relationship with a person or the weather, you know, money, all those, you know, those things, like anything like that, it's like, oh, okay, apply this same simple idea to that and like to see what happens. That's practice because there's infinite new subjects to encounter. Mm-hmm right like you know i think there's there's always something new around the corner that's always designed to sort of it's how you grow right that's how you expand because you can't you can't just stay the same there's always that's what the good thing is that curveball around the corner Mm. means that there's something new here for you to grow with but how you interpret that thing is what defines the growth yeah so, you know, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, if you get to choose and you choose consciously, you're always going to choose that it's, it serves you positively in some way. But I don't know, without that language, what are you going to do? It's going to experience it and go, oh, it's raining yeah. again. I'm miserable. Like, mm. you know, that, that's, that's really easy, obvious and easy one because people, I, I can do that. I catch myself walking down the street when it's cold and rainy and miserable getting into this headspace like whoa whoa hang on hang on that's just an idea where why am I buying into that one just because everyone's face that I've walked past seems grumpy miserable antagonistic or whatever everyone seems to be less patient today and there's puddles mm-hmm. and wet and it's like hang on this is just make-believe right so if you can totally choose to interpret it differently they used to rejoice when the rains came they used to thank the gods and it was a blessing yeah you know it still is we forget that yeah it's rewiring like you know it's like there's there's a path there's like attitudes that i've been exposed to now i'm emulating them but i don't have to and it to to sort of not continue to do that it's rewiring it's um changing the interpretation yeah from the inside out Mm. 
I'm so like now I'm sort of more like observing this conversation like I am part of it but as from a step back I guess it's like now I'm really realizing that you've been a massive catalyst in like helping me think this way because for a lot of my like teenage or like early 20s and stuff I never really had anyone to talk about like this stuff with but I had you <laughs> and you're always the other end of the phone and we'd, we'd have hour-long conversations talking about it and and I would always feel like amazing afterwards and if I was having a bad mm. day like mm. that would be this like talking to you would be the thing that would snap me out of it and just always make me feel better no matter what mm. so thanks I'm just realizing it now that I'm sort of observing it more like ah, <laughs> oh, no wonder you've like all these conversations have like a drip drip effect like no wonder I'm interested in what I'm interested in now like yeah I think Lauren's gonna sort of understand me even more just from yeah definitely what you were like mm. Well, I mean, and it work, works for me too, because there's like not many people that I have those these kinds of conversations with, like more and more, but there is a few specific people that are, are with me, you know, like we're there together, like they, these are the ideas mm. we get to kick around between each other. Yeah. And like, same with you, like I remember having a chat with you when I was in a park bench on a sunny day. Yeah, we're on the phone. We had a really long, good one and afterwards, I distinctly noticed that my eyesight was better, like better, oh my like God. everything. <laughs> this is, and I was sober, right? Just to clarify, I was sober, but afterwards, like cars were just glistening. The definition of walls and tr trees. I mean, uh, you know, it's like, whoa, like I've had my cataracts removed, <laughs> you know? It was just like, whoa, brilliant. That's amazing. That's, That's so cool. cool. So yeah, have a really good chat before you get your eyes tested is what I would take. Because, you know, <laughs> If you've just had a really crap conversation with someone and you go to the optometrist, they're going to tell you that your prescription needs to be filled with this. And it's like, oh, you could, uh, it could be otherwise. Right, I'm taking my contacts out now. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of connection though, isn't it? Like genuinely connecting with another person who you're kind of attuned with clears the energy and you mm. you feed into each other in such a positive yeah. way. I know for me, there are certain people I spend time with and it's like I said to Katie earlier, there's a particular friend at the moment, I spend time with him and he's like food for my soul. Like I just, mm. I always feel really lifted after speaking with him. I mean, there are plenty of people like that in my life, not to single one person out, but you definitely notice who, what was it, uh, drains and radiators. So you want to spend time with radiators more than drains. Well, you might be hot and stuffy all the time. If well, you that's that. the only thing, <laughs> I think that's like getting the balance. Um, yeah, I think the radiators, the radiators potentially help you to be able to better deal with the drains, you know, because yeah. they're both necessary, right? Like, and the greater, the greater the radiation, <laughs> then the more, the bigger the drain that you can encounter, right? Because they, they're probably like, there's a perfect balance between those. Like, mm. you, if you're just surrounded by people that say the same thing as you yeah. all the time, where are you going to go with that? That sounds like hell to me. Yeah. There's a guy in Australia who's um, he's a, he's done television and did a podcast of the with he he likes trouble. He likes troublemakers and he likes going and getting amongst it. Now you hang around with the hippies and stuff. They're just all asinine. I like to go hang around with the rednecks and the racists and see what they're on about because he's like he's impartial. You know, he's just like interested in what people are getting themselves worked up about like just yeah observing it doesn't sort of judge them in the same mm. makes fun of them sure but he's also genuinely happier to be around confrontational 
people that are difficult, I suppose. Which means, so I think for him as a person, he's just naturally able to navigate that world without being so emotionally. Because you talk about drains and they have the potential to, it feels like drain your energy, yes. feel lower than when you went in. Yeah. So if I'm using his, him in, as an example, well, him as an example, he's not interpreting the same information in the same way. He might get angry, but he feeds on that and it gives him sort of the impetus to create something, even if that's just a point of view, if it's an article that he's written or a mm. TV show where he presents the point articulately, makes fun of it, makes it, he gets his point across, but it's also... He's, he's used that as the fuel. So yeah. the drain has been reinterpreted. Because you think, you know, we, we could look at a drain as something bad, like things go there, like it takes all our energy. But actually, imagine a world without drains. It'd be so messy. Mm. You mm. know, actually, they do us a favour. They take the mess out and away. Like, it's kind of cathartic in a way. I suppose it comes back to perspective, though, as well, doesn't it, really? Like, a drain mm. for me might be a radiator to someone else. So In this example, he's, his name's John Safran, if anyone wants to oh, look okay. that up. He's done television. It's very Australian, so it's not, as I've found, introducing it to people in England, they're not quite so <laughs> enamored. Receptive. Because it's not as relevant. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, I was going to say something about drains, but it's gone. <laughs> Went down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so what surprises you that other people find difficult? What surprises me that other people find difficult? These are the tricky questions. Sift through my noggin of like, because I have them for sure. Like, there's things where you look at other, mm. how could you not get that? That's what you're saying, isn't it? Like, these kinds of things where I get that intrinsic, really. I get why that people haven't got the same experience with words that I do, you know? Like, I think most of my friends, they never claim to be, you know, book smart in that kind of way. Like, writing or like reading, they, they read, but they're not, it's not like, that written language thing is or even just spelling is not a natural thing like I think a lot of my friends is I don't look at them and think oh, that, that's the, that's not a good answer to your question because I don't look at them and think how can you not get that it's like I totally yeah. understand that it's like it's not that you, you just don't like it's not the same it's not the same experience the written mm. language is not as it's not as re it's interesting actually because when you get that it's like you see that it's like because, you know, I've known, I've had a few friends that have, I suppose, uh, what, diet, diet is diagnosed the right word, or like classified uh, dyslexic. But I don't, I've never sort of seen that as a hindrance mm. to them. It seems like it actually might have been beneficial mm. for them to be them. Because, you know, they're not able to be indoctrinated, or big word there, but they're not able to be sort of homogenized yeah. by the same things that everyone usually is they just can't fit into that box like you know putting the peg in the wrong hole you know like no I'm triangular I don't fit mm. in that thing if full physically can't make me especially I suppose in this day and age where you're not whipped at school for not being able to do the work if you can't do it you can't do it like I had a weird experience once where like I saw words jumble themselves it doesn't happen to me normally but I saw things reverse and like this is what I've heard can be the experience of people with, with dyslexia is that you know the numbers can be back to front and upside down and all kinds of stuff which you know it's just those black squiggles on a white page are just the symbols are mm. they don't make any sense 
which you know I glimpsed that I don't know what had happened to my noggin for me to have this glimpse but it did it's like with with language with money it's it's the physical object or the squiggles on a screen or on a page are just that squiggles and numbers and and mm. things but it's the meaning that we attach to it well yeah and it's like some people those squiggles are not the same thing like they have they have different modes of communication like they might be more tuned to something musical or even even visual art like that's more mm. them for me right like i'm not visual so much like i love visual stuff but i don't think i notice like especially like my dad and like, other people that i know they're very visually oriented like they've really interpret like they're really looking at stuff in a different way to me and i suppose i would be that for them that person that's like <laughs> I don't get what they get so easily, you know. I don't. I'm not seeing through their eyes. Okay, so with with Diogo, your boyfriend Katie, he, I could when I see his pictures, like what I like about them is I feel like I can see through his eyes. I'm like, oh, I can see what you were looking at. You've captured, you've been able to capture something that you can see. Which if I was there at the same time, I might not have seen that. I wouldn't be looking for that. I wouldn't, you know. I'd be listening to something maybe instead. You know, like it's not mm. how I'm interpreting and experiencing my my reality it's not it's not high on my priority but it's really awesome for me to see you know his stuff because i'm like i can see yeah. what you can see that's really so cool. how do you like what is the primary language that you interpret the world in like if it's not visual what is it for you sound yeah um i've always been fascinated with sound it's like always have been when i was a kid i i, I remember anything that made a noise i would be playing with it whether I wasn't conscious of that I liked it but if I think back I mean anytime I got given like I had a little Casio keyboard and I'd just spend hours on that and like just not even thinking about it and then mucking around with tapes and things and sort of making my own recordings just not not knowing really anything I wasn't thinking about what I was doing but I just enjoyed doing it and I mean, I still do. Like when I started to learn guitar and stuff, I was like, you got obsessed. Like really, that was it. That was the, the thing. You know, this is this is it. This is what I'm going to spend my life doing. And that, you know, that's always branched off into other things like different kinds of music, and then you know, computers making music. And I mean, for me, it's been it's been fun because there's that traditional sense of music, which is like say acoustic instruments or like then electric instruments. I mean, I think. You know, when, when electric guitars probably came about, there was probably the generation before looking at that going, well, that's not real music. That's just some silly, noisy stuff that the kids like. And then now, like later on, then you get like, so the electronic music and the people that play the electric guitars looking at, at that going, well, that's not real music. This is da, da, da. It's obvious that it is music. Most, most people now seem to appreciate, well, they, they know what they like and it doesn't matter what what made it. They just know that they like it because there's so there's access to it all and it just seems it seems like normal now like you know if you ask someone what kind of music do you like they're like well mm. just music you know bits of this and bits of that there's no it's how you make you feel well when i was growing up there was a kind of divide like if you listen to metal you're a metalhead if you listen to hip-hop you listen to hip-hop but like you know now most people that are metalheads listen yeah to hip -hop the genres have kind of mixed though haven't they because you've got artists from one genre mixing with yeah. like people that you never thought they would possibly work with and it's kind of created this hybrid yeah, kind yeah. of music that that's you know caters to yeah. everyone yeah and i suppose yeah and that's i think that 
that comes from off the back of people years ago mm. doing that, even in the face of the adversity that was the audience going, yeah. you shouldn't do that, like metal teaming up with rap. But that happened yeah. like loads. And then, you know, but it didn't ha it, well, it happened once. And then it was probably poo pooed. Like, you know, that was not, not probably wasn't received as well as I don't know, maybe people would have wanted it to, but taking that risk and saying, well, you know, we like this, you know <laughs> so we did it and then that gives that that shows that it's possible and then like later on when general consensus relaxes a bit it just becomes like now it's like yeah. free for all there's no limits right there's just no limit it's just yeah it's like whatever you can come up with like i think that's what i'm starting to understand about music is that weird thing all art seems to do that it just evolves and like it comes in waves and then it expands itself and it just branches off and just does what it wants. It's like it has its own form. Mm. Yeah, like it in its pure sense doesn't have the same hang-ups that we might have. And it teaches us through that, doesn't it? Like it teaches us like, hey, like it's these things that you thought were important, but they're not. Look, like this is a computer that makes... So I get it. It's that they, people still don't think of a computer as a musical instrument. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's... To me, to me, it is because inside it, there is the ability to write, to create instruments that didn't exist yesterday. But also, when we were kids and we used to use like kitchen utensils, and they're not instruments, but we made them instruments. No, yeah, 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 right. And it's a tool, isn't it, really? Like, why not make the most of, of tools that we've got to hand? Yeah, yeah, which is exactly like what a paintbrush is, which is what a knife mm. is, which is, yeah, it's like, they're all just tools, yeah. they're like Social tools media. allow us to do what we can yeah. conceive of, yeah, 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 and it's totally like an interpretive thing too, isn't it, like, you know, like social media, there's so much stuff at them, like, you know, you hear people have to have a break from mm. Facebook, yeah, yeah, like how, I mean, I don't use it a hell of a lot, and I kind of get I, f I notice how I'm feeling if I do I don't have the interest at the moment to use it so much I don't find it so exciting but you know I was definitely when I was younger I was like I had this attitude of like no it's not good but you know there's too much crap on there it makes you brainwashes you with blah blah things if someone explained to me like well you know there's it depends on how you use it like it depends on what you're using it for you yeah, can like find... with everything how you interpret the potential yeah 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 exactly it's exactly that it's exactly going that, back to yeah. your interest then yeah so you touched on your childhood and you've spoken about kind of having the kind of conversations that you enjoy having with people now because there are more people kind of interested in the same kind of things what kind of conversations did you have as a child hmm. so no when I was a kid I mean like I, I spoke about that having that sort of change mm. point in my life where things were different and I was what 20 something 27 or 8 then like before that my conversations were probably I mean you know growing up teenagers was lots mm. of jokes and just taking the piss out of everything you know and teasing my friends getting teased by my friends but when I was a child the conversations I mean I spent a lot of time mm. alone I think because I don't have brothers and sisters, but like, like, you know, I had friends, but I don't remember talking with them so much. I was a boy. We played, we'd like, you know, broke things and yeah, communication wasn't so much beyond what we're going to do now for, yeah. to have fun. You know, that was, 
that was what we were in it for, which that was, you know, great. A lucky person. What kind of stuff did you talk about with uh, adults when you were a child then? Like maybe family members? Do you remember? Is there, is there any? Especially that being an only child as well. Hmm. I don't remember so much the conversations. I remember being told stories, especially like by my granddad. I, I remember him telling me stories a lot. I remember being around conversation a lot, but I don't remember being involved in the conversation so much. But then that's just my, you know, like my childhood memories are a bit hazy right now. Can we trust them? Uh, we're constantly reevaluating them as we get older. But yeah, I mean, if you ask my parents the same question, they'd probably have a completely different version of um, what I'm going to say because they, they've got access to that period in their lives more consciously than I do I don't I mean I remember having more conversations with myself Mm. that's what Lauren answered when I asked her this question yeah like I do remember thinking I've always been Mm -hmm. thinking I always feels like when I was a kid it wasn't so much thinking it was just that was the the narrative of my life was just internalized in I don't know if it was in my head but just I was doing stuff and I was always thinking about stuff you know like when I'd play with things there was I'm always I'm thinking about things probably more deeply but I do remember I remember one when I was a kid I was like before I went to Belgium so I was five or six one thing that I do remember I was with your dad Katie he'd come over and I was young really looking at my hands and just getting vertigo like I don't know what was happening in the day but I was just looking at my hands out in front of me and I got so dizzy (laughs) Like just like it was like whoa. And to clarify, you were sober. You were a like, child. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless the unless the you know cereal was spiked. I don't, you know. Whoa. I don't remember having drunken anyone's drink or anything. It was some um, just on the natch, yeah, just looking at my hands and going whoa, just getting like dizzy, but not in an unpleasant sort of this needs to stop. Just being mesmerized, know, profoundly in awe. And like, I was like, whoa. And I, I didn't think too deeply about it at the time because I don't suppose I needed to. I just sort of had that experience. And I think that was an affirmative experience. Like it was good. It was, I took from that, wow, this is, well, I don't know if some part of me just sort of got, wow, this is incredible. This, I'm a miracle. Like this is, whoa. Uh, imagine these I mean I can I can uh, articulate it now I, I've imagined these things into being like these hands which are like the most incredible tools that anything has ever come up with they you know they're like so far as I know at this point from my point of view now like what they're able to create and do is ridiculous it's like, making it's me insane. think of something I heard on a podcast the other day it was with Deepak Chopra and he said you know, you are not your thoughts, you are the one observing them. Mm-hmm. And it's making me think of that now that I hear you tell this story. They talk about in transcendental meditation as well, is using a mantra, because when you have that pause between the exhale and the inhale, like that is you, that is like the essence of you, the one that can observe. Well, when he's saying that, like what's, so what's he implying that you really is? You like you're the, 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 the thing that's observing the, the thoughts. The me that's talking to you now, I identify with the name that I was given as David Greenwood, but I also, the way I interpret myself, you know, like as me, like the, the, the person I look at in the mirror, the one that says the words, uh, the, the one that trips over and falls, that's me. That's the me that I am now. But the real you is the one that's observing the thoughts. Then I think that's like taken the lid off a really big thing. Like it's, uh, what's he saying there? What's he saying yeah, that you so are? That's a good question. We are. Like, is he 
Deepak Chopra saying that, or is he the puppet master behind <laughs> yeah. Deepak Chopra? Is it saying that? Who's, who's speaking through him? Yeah, am I, is my body and this, this personality that I experience myself to be, is that just a snorkel for some, you know, weird thing to go scuba diving with? Yeah, <laughs> I love that metaphor. <laughs> Or, or like, is it, am I a sock for, you know, the person that wants to walk around in me in this physical reality? Like, it's, it's a deep, it's a big, deep question. They're the kind of ones where you go away and go, anyway. Yeah, you just have to sort of, like, come back to the world for a minute. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go back to this John Safran guy, because he did a TV show years ago called John Safran versus God. And so he went around testing out all religions and he goes off to India and he'd been put in touch with someone who can tell him mm. who, what God is and the meaning of life. And so he goes and finds this man and the guy's just sitting on his porch and like this John Safran guy asks him, he goes, so what's, who's God and what's the meaning of life? And the guy just uh, answers him by saying, well, who, who's asking the question? And, you know, the, the angle that John Safran is taking is to take the piss out of this hoo-ha this woo that this guy what so this guy claims to have the knowledge of god and he just sits there asking you a question mm -hmm. but actually i think like this is what deepak chopra is going on about as well is like well who's asking the question yeah like you're asking me who god is but who's asking mm -hmm. the question because like he, he, implying maybe he's implying i don't know maybe it's all just a hoo-ha but he's implying well you're like you know like I don't know. My understanding is that that kind of idea must encapsulate everything. And that's so beyond what I consider myself to be as this individual. That's like so much bigger than me. I don't know where I'm going with that. It's all gone funny. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Like that's not, you know, like it's almost takes the question. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. Then I'm just going to get on mm. with doing the things that I like doing. Because Deepak Chopra actually said in the same episode you know it, it's not about having answers to the questions it's about living yes. to find the answers whether you find them or not but it's like it's about having the question is actually the important thing whether you find the answer or not i feel like a thought's just come to me to mention the alchemist by paul coelho like i, I think that's how you say his name but kind of coming full circle with it because you can you can go out there with the question and kind of search for it and it can come to you as and when it's supposed to but you, you kind of come back full circle anyway just having more knowledge if that makes any sense at all yeah you can't you kind of come back to the same question but with more in your arsenal like you know with more tools that you've collected along the way mm. kind of like getting researched to sort of yeah i haven't read that but i'd like to that's such a good book really really great book and it's short <laughs> that's, that's always good i struggle yeah. with really big books <laughs> Lauren, do you have uh, uh, anything you want to ask? Uh, I, I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. I'm really enjoying listening as well. Um, what is your definition of success? Success. It depends on what, like, depends what it's attached to. Because, like, you know, I suppose, like, if you successfully make a coffee, it means you've made a coffee that you like. So I suppose satisfaction, like, I don't know, success... Ooh, I don't know. It's I've I've encountered like musicians that I've 
admired and they've been asked that question and they're like well I think I'm successful because I get to do what I like to do I get to play music and stuff for for a job and like you know I get to do what I want I think that was be successful but then like maybe that's not successful from another mm. person's point of view if they think that money means success so I don't think for me money would mean definitely be uh, a sort of expression of success that would be I mean I suppose happiness would be successful wouldn't it is that well what is happiness then to you like tricky right it's tricky right because as soon as you're successful at something that something is completed so next i like when you first answered this question you said if you successfully made a coffee it makes me think i'm going to really use like that. that adverb more successfully you know, I, I've successfully sent an email today. I've successfully, you know, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like the language around it. I like, or like, or like if, you know, like you could, because it's weird, right? So say I applied for a job and I was successfully rejected. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because I think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about success, really. I don't know. I think, you know, when you're successful is when you've, achieve what you've set out to achieve mm. I suppose and that's always different mm. yeah and that could be like I went for a run today I successfully went for a run so I okay. succeeded so following on from that if I've also I've also thought about the word the terminology right so you know like I've had this idea of like you feel like you're getting away with mm -hmm. something so like you know if you've done something and you're like oh I got away with that like you've just got back to your car just before the parking attendant gave you a fine type of for as an example and you get in and you go oh, he didn't get me a fine yeah I got away with that you've and that's like that's a success isn't it like instead of mulling over that kind of terminology of getting away with something it's like oh, you're not getting away with it you just mm. succeeded which is much more stoic and, and also if we think about the actual word itself when like I know that you and I like to pick words apart but like success coming from Latin is like what came afterwards, like succeeded, mm. like what succeeded, yeah. Sucks, oh, oh yeah, like yeah. the succession, right, yeah, okay. So I guess, is it just doing one thing to go on to the next, moving forward, is that success? I know that you and I have spoken about consequence, haven't we, like with sequence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with sequence, mm. which you can have positive and negative consequences, but there's not always, yeah, they, if you look in the dictionary at a lot of words, they don't kind of offer a balanced version. But we bring disapproval with well, it. Like, I suppose, I suppose the connotations, well, yeah, like the connotations that we've attached to those words are being reflected through the definitions in the dictionary. So it can't help but reflect that. But if you look at the actual foundation of the word, it is just... Um, yeah, with sequence. And it, you, you pointed out as well, like responsibility ability and respond like mm. the ability to respond response yeah ability response ability yeah which takes all the pressure off right you're not responsible eh, anymore you just are you able to respond which is like well what's a response a response probably not a reaction you're able to respond which is more aligned with who you the way you'd probably want to be dealing with whatever and that's something that lauren always corrects herself on like so lauren you you, mm. you sometimes mm. stop yourself and said Instead of saying react, I responded. Yes. The so reaction is kind of that first, like, what is that as well? Is that monkey brain or ego or what? But whereas when you think about it, like you're consciously responding to something rather than just reacting. The reaction's like more... More primal. Or, well, I don't know, automatic. Well, it depends if it's, if, if the reaction is, uh, yeah, it's, it depends on what it 
is too like you know if someone says something shocking to you and you react it's like that's that's kind of where mm. you're at right that's what your ability to respond was with a reaction mm. but um i suppose the uh, yeah the the idea of being able to respond implies i don't know if it actually does mean it but it implies that you're doing it more deliberately i suppose or like willingly on purpose as opposed to a reaction implies that you're doing it as a default which you might not want to yeah continue. rather than an intention yeah i do i really like that word intention like trying to live intentionally it is one of your keywords and yeah. integrity oh break break that one down oh i never thought of this before though but break intention down in tension so tension right and you're in tension that's like, i don't know i don't know if that's at the etymology of that word we'll go with it, it we'll up, go with it that. doesn't have that <laughs> attached to it. But, but like in today in tension well, it's the meaning that we're now attaching to it yeah so. <laughs> which doesn't sound like you know i te i'm in tension yeah. i don't want to be in tension for too long i don't know tension and release i wondered <laughs> what makes you silent oh uh questions like that <laughs> no <laughs> oh what mm, what define silence so i i, I was going to ask you what... verbally <laughs> shutting up or because oh, i was going to ask you what makes you angry or what makes you cry and then i thought what makes you quiet like what makes you silent as mm. opposed to those other reactions mm. or responses mm, mm. Uh, what like so encountering something yeah something you encounter and then you you are silent as a result of encountering it uh I, any like spectacle of some kind of art that i'm really sort of like you know wowed mm. by so you know it could be a picture or a piece of music where i'm just like i'm gonna shut up now but then am i internally shut up no no way i'm analyzing it. i'm i'm sort of uh yeah really examining mm. it but uh but uh you know fireworks they make me shut <laughs> up for a second um but that's like the same thing isn't it it's a spectacle it's uh some kind of awesome thing that's happening outside of me that is just yeah like you know beautiful scene in nature you know when you're standing at the top of a hill and you just look out that you know it's nice to be mm. quiet then that's different though being silent as being that's quiet that's why i chose the word silent and i was thinking about it um yeah right would your answer be different than to quiet to silent i don't know am i ever silent in like i mean i'm quite you know sleep makes me shut up i don't oh maybe i talk in my sleep i don't know but um it's like silent is like completely silent like not anything because there's always something mm -hmm. going on isn't there like even if my mouth isn't making noises, there's something inside me that's interacting with, you know, the information of my experience. There's always something going on, even when I'm quiet on mm. the outside. And yeah, maybe that's being alive. Maybe that's I don't consciousness. Know. Anything makes me mm. silent. Do you think even when we sleep, you know, some of us talk in our sleep. I definitely do. We we dream, mm. you know, yeah. but never silent. Yeah, I had loads of dreams last night. So yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, when silence. It's just, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I was listening to someone talking about music and they were saying like, funk is the silence in between the notes. That's what defines the funk, right? Ooh. We are talking about some funk. Ooh. And um, probably more drum and bass neurofunk to be specific. But you know, they were like, they, they were reiterating that idea of like the silence is where the, what makes it funky is like not doing something in that space where there could be something done, but just restraining, holding back from that makes it, gives it sort of gives it 
the thing that makes it what it is. Like it gives it even like holding back that you could put a node in there, but you not putting a node in there makes it the cool thing that you're wanting it to be or like allows it to be what it mm. wants to be through you. So like in a way, like the absence is still a presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's like it all implies intention behind it, doesn't it? And um, yeah, no, I don't know when I'm <laughs> silent like properly silent i mean yeah even when i'm meditating i'm not silent i'm still active in some way what kind of meditation do you do i get horizontal and uh i lay down and shut up for a long time and i think i'm just so interested in the sensations in my body that all the other potentials through meditation i've ignored for a few years now because I suppose I've been really interested in just what's going on. It feels to me like when I meditate, I call it meditation because I'm just like alone, silent and just like still mm -hmm. on the outside. But inside, I'm listening. So I'm, I'm listening to what my body's doing. Yeah, I've been working on something for a few years, just sort of letting it, I don't know, facilitating something happening. Like I can feel something inside me mm -hmm. and it rummages around through my entire body sometimes the speed of light like it can get from my toe to my ear in like no time at all I don't know it rummages around and finds inconsistencies within me so the more I'm able to relax the more whatever it is don't know if I've really interpreted it as a thing I just feel something and it feels like I, if I'm able to things get released and that can be presented to me as a specific this is how you feel about this subject and like, you know, and then when I'm able to consciously go, Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Or like, you know, I can relax it. And, and then something in my body physically happens that I feel, and then it, it's gone. And then I move on to the next thing. I really like the word you use inconsistencies. Yeah. Well, like through other people that I've heard talking about stuff that really woo, that is like, I, I suppose in their language, it would be like aligning with, you know, the source of my being, like the thing that's dreaming me into reality, but that has, has at its heart the blueprint of my being, like the fully formed, like without all the baggage type of thing, like the thing that suppose what they call God is this loving thing, this smile that just smiles the fuck at everything, right? And like, I suppose what I'm doing is aligning myself with that because I'm not. I'm not that. I don't smile at everything. I'm definitely not from that point of view. You know, I have my own hang-ups, my own gripes. Like, you know, there's, there seems like an infinite amount of them. I think I've done a lot of work on a lot of them, but there's always something there. Like, I'm full of shit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I suppose like, what I'm doing is going through and finding out, discerning what is shit and then deciding to leave it alone right to yeah. not be that anymore and i feel like that's what's happening when i do a meditation is i'm just sort of you know there's i'm sure there's some much nicer things to do with meditation like you know <laughs> <laughs> looking at looking at nice pictures that i'm really down for the seeing stuff i like anything that's a visionary experience i love love seeing patterns i love seeing i mean and on the natch too like, it can happen they even just like an image like a picture or something you know just I've had a few experiences meditating when I first started doing it and they, you know, say, oh, just get a candle and then focus on the candle until you go do lally and hypnotize yourself. 
And um, I've heard that where you almost break through into a completely new life, a different life, not a new life, but another established life, almost like it's, it's a little bit scary because you think, well, hang mm. on, am I going to go there now? And, uh, it's like standing on a precipice. What about the mm. me that's here? Am I going to be able to get back to that? Like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I get into a state and I just, I get a picture or an image or something and like, or I'll get clarity on something else. Mm. You know that I've been that I've been mulling over that I've been kind of trying to understand or wanting to understand and yeah like I've noticed also with what I'm doing at the moment like it, the quality of my thoughts is is how I can interact with it and like you know I notice like if I get a sensation and there's no sort of like you say it's like a dull ache somewhere in the torso and I'm like not getting anywhere with it if I start to consciously engage with it or like notice what I'm thinking at the time and then either relax and try and think nothing or just start thinking on purpose, really positive stuff. Like just get, start really ramping things up. Like, you know, just rewiring like, again, like we said earlier. Start at the beginning. Yeah. Like start at the beginning and just breathe and say, you know, like there's you know, nothing else you have to do right now. It's, everything's okay. Don't worry. Every, every question that you'll ever have will be answered at the appropriate time. There's, mm. you know, just getting like really amping that, getting creative with it. And like the more I do that, the more I'll get this sort of relaxed, like um, relief from whatever this funny sensation is from what it's like you know I determine it as like it's an unpleasant sensation so I don't really want to carry it around so I'd like for it to be relieved but it only does so when I'm able to I don't know re to kind of welcome it yeah well yeah like just allow it to to be so yeah be redefined within myself because it's Mm -hmm. like it is the same thing it is a potential Mm -hmm. that I have been expressing in one way and which it is I probably don't want to do that anymore. If it feels like that, I probably want to invest that same potential and direct it towards something more, more interesting and more like I want to smile at. So, but then, yeah, like it's also being able to smile at the whole thing. Cause it is just like, you know, like weird little messages in my body that maybe I've accumulated them, but they're all just sort of like, I don't know, little batteries that once mm-hmm. I connect them up to the right way, then I can, can harness that power and, in a, yeah. in a way where I can I can use it for something but on purpose as opposed to just sort of it, it being there grumbling around in my body yeah um all right in a very different direction hey. what, what is one of your most treasured memories oh well see this is the kind of thing that's on your tip of your tongue all the time but now you've asked me the question I have to like flick through the file effects of my brain <laughs> old terminology for all the young listeners out there old term- <laughs> Redundant, redundant <laughs> nonsense, like cassette tapes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, one, the first one that I remember is when I was a child and it was nighttime and my parents said, we're going to Nonna and Grandad's. And I was so happy that I just danced around the table. So it was only a, a small, a small table, but like, you know, a small little coffee table woven, like sort of bamboo-y type top yeah. on it. And I was just skipping, skipping around that because I was so happy. How old do you think you were? Uh, five. Yeah. I mean, as a stab in the dark, four or five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So young, young memory. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. And that was at the moment when they told you that you were going, not actually when you got there. No, that was, I was just... probably asleep by the time we got there. <laughs> <laughs> Exhausting. Too much excitement. <laughs> Nighttime, you know, like we're just getting the car and drive for what seems like hours. Mm. 
it probably was only a couple of hours, which now nowadays that's like nothing because I yeah. lived in Australia for a long time. So, you know, that's like just driving to the next city can be hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that, that's the first one that brings to mind. Yeah, that's a really mm-hmm. nice one. Following on from that, who or what lights you up? Lights me up. Mm. Oh, okay. Or, or, yeah, lights you up or sets your soul on fire or similar? Musically, always the Beastie Boys. Uh, whatever's coming out of them, like whatever they're, they're about and the way it sounds and the way they present it, they've helped me out a lot in life without knowing and without ever even trying. By them doing what they do, that's been like an anchor for me to be okay with stuff, you know? Like if, if that happens as well as all the other stuff that's happening, well, it's not that bad, is it? It's okay. I could start listing off all my friends because they're the ones that make, you know, my experience like the best, you know, just seeing them and being able to tease each other and laugh at each other and like look at their beautiful faces. I mean, it's like, yeah, all my friends and, and yeah, and my family too, you know, like family is like friends as well, right? Like, I mean, I suppose I see friends more. For us, it definitely is. I think what's really nice as well is family being family throughout your whole life, but then as you get older, them becoming friends mm. like not just family and like that's been the case for us because you got to wait a while for me to catch up <laughs> Even when I, you know with a 14 year age difference I think yeah 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 but even with my brother you know like now I consider him a friend and growing up I definitely did yeah. it's really nice when mm. that graduates into that when you were little that was I mean because I lived so far away when I got to see you it was definitely a special occasion you know like when, when you're so little I mean like children are so naive and they just love the crap out of you anyway well you always did to me anyway like you always Still do <laughs> you probably didn't know like I knew that you didn't really know who I was but either way you were still excited to see me and like always and and, and as soon as we met up we just like riffing with each other you know it was like like fam- family but still friends as well you know yeah. like it was I just remember you when I was really little you were just like the funny accent on the phone and it was just really funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What a great memory. <laughs> I told Laura the other day how like different accents or voices is definitely mm. like my fetish. Yeah. And then I said, oh, it's totally linked to childhood because like my dad would always do the voices reading stories. Yeah. And like yeah, if he yeah. wasn't going to read the book, I didn't want my story that night because uh, I needed the voices. <laughs> my yeah. mum got really offended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also like some of my most favourite people growing up have funny accents or had funny mm, accents, you mm, know, mm. Nonna, like your mum, you, it was these funny voices at the end of the phone and I just loved it like I would live for when the phone rang just to hear the sound of it even if I wasn't talking I just loved the sound of it yeah no I've always loved accents it's like yeah especially even even in Australia having like English television and or especially Scottish stuff I just always <laughs> my ears were switched on Scottish and Irish because they're so distinct as well like and now being in England now, there's just so many wonderful accents, like the Somerset one, even the Bristolian one. That's one of my favourites. <laughs> I love the Which Somerset one? accent. Somerset, the Bristol. Somerset, yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm not going to do it justice. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm fortunate enough to have a couple of friends who have their own, you know, brand of Somerset accent. Oh, mm. amazing. Love listening to them, yeah. Yeah, I, I just love overhearing it all, like. <laughs> That's, I mean, you're, you, you love languages. Like, I mean, you must both love languages if you're in other speaking language countries and like teaching. What do you do, Lauren? You're, you're, you're teaching as well, yeah? Yeah, I'm a, an ESL teacher too. Yeah. 
I'm fairly new to it. I was working in the corporate world for 10 years in construction. Okay. But it just wasn't feeding my soul anymore. Yeah, yeah. Regardless yeah. of how much I was being paid, I was just, I hated going to work. I'd take sick days. Uh-huh. I just, it didn't sit right with me. I was itching to escape. Yeah, sure. Just out of curiosity, was that changing career like before or after going sober? After. Becoming sober changed everything. I became a vegetarian. I, or I stopped eating meat anyway. I still ate their fish, but I stopped eating meat after becoming sober and Uh it was like a gradual process everything just changed it just didn't align with who I wanted to be so when you say going sober we like a casual social partaker of things that you are now sober from or did you have more a more sort of like a more intimate relationship (laughs) with it (laughs) what was your like use defined by like what was it I was a binge drinker okay yeah. We touched on sobriety in um, in episode five, if anyone does listen to this before, um, yeah. my journey through sobriety. But no, I was I was a drink to escape person. Okay. But like binge drinking to escape, or did you binge would you call it alcoholic? I I don't like that word because I think it's a label. Yeah. It. it was yeah, my right. it was my medicine. It was a way for me to numb okay. myself from my experiences. I didn't have healthy coping mechanisms, so that was a way that I dealt with life because I found okay. everything so difficult. And it's from becoming yeah. sober, I've had to look at my coping mechanisms and and ways in which I I can do things and still be useful. Yeah, thanks for answering. It's a topic that I've been very interested in my life because I've always been told things about stuff, you know, like the cigarette smoking is bad. There's mm-hmm. alcohol, drinking alcohol every day makes you an alcoholic. It's like label, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have enough love behind me to explore for myself and find out for myself what I think about all that stuff. And it's yeah. like definitely what you said, like it is medicinal and like that's really cool if you get to a point where you go I don't want to use the medicine anymore mm-hmm. because that's that, that's where you're like you don't need it and that's that's an awesome place to be in I mean I drink I binge drink on occasion and I, I, I don't feel like I do it to escape it's more just to celebrate life with my friends it is also I think sometimes necessary for us to enter into a state where we can have certain kinds of conversations as well like we really counsel each other in that environment I don't know, you know, like the hangover the day later. I don't know if that kind of detracts from that council because, you know, you get a sore head and it brings into question everything that you did the night before. But um, it definitely removes inhibitions. <laughs> yeah. And it can be, yeah, it can be a good lubricant for stuff. I notice with myself too, if it gets too much, like it can just swallow you up. Yeah. I can become, you know, uh, habitual or like, yeah, it doesn't too much, I think. For me, <laughs> it doesn't work. I get confused and I can't function properly. With what you're saying about not, you know, you stopped and then like mm. didn't need that anymore. You found ways of being who you wanted to be without needing that. And that's, I yeah. think, it's, that's really important for me now is to not have to use some, I mean, I still do use certain things for certain experiences. Pra- pra- yeah, like certain, if I can, you know, it's like, I can use a red color on the brush and mix it with blue and get a purple type of thing. I know that that effect will work and, you know, I can use it consciously. What really fascinates me about it is that these things are catalysts to what we are already capable of or what the brain is already capable of. Because even if we have to add something else to it, we still have that ability there waiting to be tapped into. It kind of just makes me sort of step back in awe at the power of the mind that, actually that there is so much potential there it's just that 
sometimes we find things out by accident when we might take something or have one experience yeah. and, and other times you can get to it more intentionally more consciously yeah. but it always comes back to the power of the mind yeah well, it's like it's like um looking through the window and walking through the door isn't it like you can you can use the thing to look through the window but to walk through the door like that's you're gonna have to be compatible with that like no matter what's going on like that you can't sort of cheat that code because there yeah. are some things I feel like they are like you know cheat codes for the for, for reality like they can they can give you a like quantum leap you know beyond but then I think when they when they ebb away then you're still back to where you were before and like either either a little bit wiser or a lot more confused yeah <laughs> <laughs> I speaking from experience there for sure <laughs> yeah. just going back to what Lauren was saying about about sobriety and like not using that medicine anymore yeah is it, it's like you became able to respond to things in a different way like you became more responsible with it like with your feelings me yeah definitely yeah yeah because you're like you're, you're there then aren't you you're there alone with your with yourself it's like you against yes. you isn't it you're not yeah. you're not got any there's no there's no, it's that you haven't invited in whatever it may be to sit down and like hold your hand or like in or, or speak to you. It's you and you, which is, mm. that's got to be beneficial, right? It's probably takes some, um, some schutzbar, I don't know the word in English, but schutzbar, you got to have that, you know. Oh, definitely. I mean, I probably I'd... reveals to you your um, <laughs> power. Yeah, I, I definitely had to have outside help because I, uh -huh. I did enter into a recovery program. I was in AA yeah. for a few years and um, uh -huh. like now I have therapy so that has given me the tools to embrace life rather than fight against it yeah like yeah like, like the, the work's all yours in the end isn't it like it's to you and you even if there is yeah counsel of of anyone else or anything else well that's kind of our competition I don't want to say competition in life but it is about becoming the best version of ourselves isn't it we can only we're only competing or you know, working to evolve and improve from the version we were yesterday or an hour ago or... Yeah. And I suppose, like, that that word authentic mm. is good there. Because you just, like, you know, the best version of you is the most authentic you, right? The most yes. realist you. Like, some of my friends that just are not able to become like anyone else. They're not... Like, I, I have been. I've... Mm -hmm. The experiences in my life, I've kind of had to fit a mould, you know? Like, I moved to Belgium when I was a kid. I had to start speaking Dutch you know, or I was, didn't make sense not to, but like, you know, mm. the true me at that time only spoke English. Like, you know, I, that is me to adapt and do that. But I know, I know some people that are so defined as who they are that they can't, you know, you can't take them away from themselves. Mm. And that's, I, I admire that. I love seeing that. Cause like, I've, I think, I don't know where it comes from, but I've always been a bit adaptive, right? Like I'm always, um, I can get along with a lot of different people because I don't know, I can sort of, I meet them where they are as well, because I don't know, it's, it's scary if you say that. I, like, I know people that can't, just can't do that. They will not be able to do that. And that's. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no judgment. From who? And from you, from, from meeting different people, because you kind of have to put your, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. I just it's find it easier for myself to be like that. I let, it mm. gives, it, for me, it opens more doors. But I notice, like, we're not all the same thing, right? We're not all here to express the same stuff. And like, the, the people that I notice that just can't, like, they won't. Like, you put them in a room with a certain person, is bad things are going to happen. 
eventually yeah. because you know whereas i like, i'd probably end up trying to make friends with them and um <laughs> i don't know <laughs> one of the questions i had written down actually was um how how do you treat people who can do nothing for you what do you mean by someone who can do nothing for you like you know by help by doing by interacting with them like you get no direct benefit other than the experience like uh, but isn't that a point of view? Like, so I've been working on that one for a while, I suppose, understanding the interactions in my life and the, like the drains and the unpleasant ones. I mean, like, is, could you not always apply some meaning to that interaction? Even if it's, oh, I can't be bothered with this kind of person. That's useful, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, now I'm clearer on mm. who I am and what I want out of my, and what, how mm. I want to spend my time here so they've done something for you right yeah even though those the, the ones that are the most awful the ones that are just being them they're the they're really good those ones they're the ones that like bang you on the head with some clarity <laughs> <laughs> totally agree i'm <laughs> like shaking my head furiously here yeah they shock you with it they shock you with it i mm, i'm noticing why lauren's nodding so much <laughs> and, uh, she started this conversation angry and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's ringing in a bell it's people that trigger you and it's like okay i've got this to work on i can work can on be this. your biggest teachers yes yeah. absolutely absolutely but even if them them being them just makes you clearer on who you are like it's like oh wow like you're really pushing my buttons but like mm -hmm. oh thank you for pushing my buttons because now i knew now i know i had that button to get pushed so mm -hmm. yeah if no, no one ever, ever pressed it you wouldn't know it existed yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a nice point for us to take away, definitely. I've mm -hmm. got this idea, right? This is this is how I interpret my life at the moment and life, right? Is that and I said this a long time ago to my dad that it's like life is a bit like writing letters to God. So I have an experience and then I internalize it and I, I send out this broadcast, right? So bear in mind my dad is not religious in in, in any way. So me saying that kind of thing to him, he actually I received it really well like I think he understood it anyway sorry I'm getting sidetracked here but like the, the writing letters to God type of thing is like I'm experiencing stuff and then I'm sending stuff out as a result of that and that's the kind of the universe is this thing that just reverberates it back to me or it like then it brings it back to me so as I encounter stuff I am broadcasting and then that manufactures some more experience down the line for me which I'm then going to experience. And it's kind of like this, I don't know, regenerative thing. The, how I interpret the information is what the information that is being from, interpreted from me. Oh, like it's a big, long sentence, isn't it? Is there a simpler <laughs> way of saying this, David? So you encounter, you encounter, say, a person who's obstreperous or whatever from your point of view. And then you like, you interpret that and you go, oh, God, I'm so angry at this person. You spend the next hour and a half hating on that person, really amping up, going, Rawr! the universe is kind of listening to that and going, oh, it's given a lot of attention to that. All right, I'm going to make some more. And on the production line down the track, right? You know, because it's all being made up at the other end. On the production line, there's this whole like sort of cavalcade of similar things being prepared for you. But if you interpret that person and go, ah, Wow, thanks, Mr. Button Pusher. You've come and pushed my button. And you know what? I really like to see you happy and me happy and everything blooming happy, like some kind of blissed out cuddle bear forever and ever and ever. And then the universe is going, oh, 
oh, he seems to have interpreted that as like cheerful. <laughs> well, you know, let's see what else we can throw it in. But... So many like golden things you've said today. But, <laughs> but it's, it's like so many of the spiritual gurus say things like that, that it's about raising your vibration or realizing what frequencies you're putting out there. And knowing yeah. that the universe responds to that, it's all about manifesting. Yeah. Which yeah. is actually going to be our next episode, episode 11. Mm. Is, uh, we're going to sort of delve into the more spiritual side of things and talk about our interpretation of the universe and manifesting. And experiences. Yeah. Because we've both had quite a few. Yeah. There's a, there's a tale of the dog field that I've got to tell. <laughs> So manifestation is like, do you, what are you kind of saying when you say manifestation? You're sort of thinking about sort of like, well, there's this idea that I've got and I would like it to manifest in this form. Or are you saying... It's acting as if it's already a reality. So you send okay. that vibration out Ooh. to the universe and the universe responds accordingly in terms of frequency. Right. Because it's like we are in like this, this moment is the manifestation right like this is probably what all them books are saying those like the power of now and all that like i haven't read it but i know i think i know what it says i'm pretty sure i know what it says because there is this moment right now that we're all we're experiencing right now and that's where everything is manifest right like it is manifest already like it's uh it's manifesting in the, the weird kind of passing of time that we're experiencing mm-hmm. this like it, that's where everything is like it's gonna be now when it's manifest yeah like what is now a present situation or a memory was once just an idea everything mm-hmm. yeah. manifested yeah i know you mentioned god there david so what's your uh-huh. what's your kind of relationship with god what do you call do you have a word for what other people call god I think from my point of view, as a person called David Greenwood, my understanding of God is that that thing is just so alien and so ridiculous, like terrifying, like what excites it is just not, I'm, you know, would I even be able to sit down and have a cup of tea with it? Probably, because it would present itself <laughs> to me as like something that could have a cup of tea with me, but like something that there is the idea of like this all wise, all knowing. I mean, when I was a kid, I suppose I had the sort of, it was before the Simpsons, but the Simpsons kind of plucked it out of my head and like, probably a lot of other people's. Some big wise old fella that lives in a cloud, right? Wears sandals and has a long gray beard, kind of like mm-hmm. Father Christmas, kind of Father <laughs> Christmas, but without the red and the garb and the reindeer, right? Mm. I think some other experiences that I've had that have given me a sort of sneak peek at what that full potential of that is like oh Jesus <laughs> I mean not Jesus in that guy Jesus more more in the expletive Jesus of like oh wow no way this is like way weirder than I'm ever going to be able to be like it's so big for me it's like all of everything every single tiny nuanced detail of anything and everything all pushed together in one like weird orgasmic yeah that's basically it i think the universe is a fart a vibration it's an orgasm it's that's what i think it is and it just something that is like oh i had this really clearly like the other day you know when you have these sort of like moments of clarity where you understand Mm -hmm. what it is for you like what it Mm -hmm. is for you for me it's like that we have that sort of the manifesting thing right the idea of like you know what you're experiencing is now being considered and then being created into an the next experience for you to have afterwards right Mm -hmm. and like for something to do that and leave me to my own devices to choose what i invest in that it can respond to Mm -hmm. that thing knows me inside out completely 
absolutely inside out and so if it knows that it knows how to run my biology it knows how to draw my dna it knows how to do all that it, it's the same intelligence that made fingernails you know like out of claws it made claws it made all these things it makes an eye it's like an intelligence it's so intelligent and it's that intelligent that it even left me to my own devices giving me like physical reality as a playground to run around in and like you know fall over and you know explore and then send it messages so it can bring back to me what I say I want or what I what I give my attention to. Now that, the collective of that, that thing that must be aware of everything, well, that's ridiculous. That's so, so alien to me. That's more alien than aliens because it would include them as well. <laughs> it would include everything. It's like Inception. It's like, whoa. Like I, yeah. yeah. I mean, and if there's that kind of, uh, consciousness that's aware of me and everything that I do and of everyone else as well at the same time and knows how to orchestrate it all perfectly well that's yeah, I'm cool with that if that's what God is I don't think God is this thing that has an intention for me and that I must please it so that I can I don't know upgrade in the video game I think it's rooting for me I think it's like hey you, you know what you want to do you know who you are know that more and more and more and I'll support you in everything you do and if you doubt yourself I'll support that too I'll match you every step of the way like you know every time you take a step I'll be the ground beneath your feet but if <laughs> if what you want to experience is quicksand I'll be that too you know like it's that's mm. that's my interpretation I've just noticed like a feeling in my chest now from you saying especially that last part like about support it's shifted something in in me was it an inconsistency? Uh -huh. Maybe. <laughs> Can you explain a bit where, like, where you feel it or how it? Yeah, no, it's, it was it like. was great in my chest, like near my heart. It was kind of like oh, not the opposite of a void. I was being filled. It felt like feeling full. Yeah, like there was a full feeling that was growing there. I've been made aware of of that feeling there. An expansion. Mm. So this is the universe telling you that it's listening in your chest. So yeah, what you just said then, that reminds me of, so this practice that I've been doing with the meditation and, and I talked about having these sensations in my body and then when, when I'm able, they are, I don't know, transmuted, resolved, resolved is a better word. So what they leave in replacement of that is a, a really nice feeling. Like I can mm -hmm. feel something, it's like a drug in my body. Like it's the best way I can explain it because and I've thought this lately is like, what is maybe that's what most people have already got anyway, or some people have got anyway. And I'm like just sort of unpicking the crap that I put in the way of it being there. But maybe that's what we're supposed to feel like, just like a mild, pleasurable sort of sensation all the time. But like the more I do it, the more it feels like I'm filling in those places with this nice feeling. Mm -hmm. The side effect that I've noticed, which has probably, you know, allowed me to continue because it definitely a more preferable thing to experience yeah I think I want to ask you for a couple of tips then because you mentioned a couple of times about really like being in your body like what I can hear from you is that you're really present in your body that like you definitely know you live in your body mm. uh, and I know that like Lauren's Lauren and I've talked about this as well like connecting feeling like we're not connected with our bodies at, other, at times in our lives or trying yes. to make that connection okay. now and really feel it more and it's like we talk about quite a lot on the podcast and things just wanted yeah for people that maybe aren't so connected to their bodies or aware of like where you feel this stuff in your body like would you mm. have any tips well i suppose and this is an idea i've had about i think the body is 
like a physical expression of the ideas that us as individuals are like as personalities i think the body is like a reflection of that like you know the injuries that may be present like you know the scars and stuff they are all ideas that are attached to some part of this person that we identify as ourselves and in my body like what sorry what was the question tips on how to connect with our bodies more if we feel like so disconnected oh oh yeah okay like i suppose what everyone that teaches meditation says is like make some time in your day where it's just for you alone give yourself an environment where you're not going to be disturbed get comfortable and like this is all I do is I just sit down and I relax and I listen and I mean when I say listen that's probably a bit ambiguous I mean I feel in my body for and it usually starts pretty much straight away like I have to kind of relax a bit first Mm. maybe that might not be so easy for some people either I mean I've been at it for years so it's kind of like second nature to me now to just be in to get myself into a relaxed state but like yeah it's I didn't get very far by not thinking I found like actually the listening or feeling my body stops me from thinking about anything else because I start to listen or feel for anything in my body it could be pleasant or unpleasant Mm. And usually, like, I'll feel something and it could be something tiny in my foot, like an ache and a pressure. And then that'll move really quickly. Like, it'll just do it by itself. But all I do is just focus on it. And I suppose when I'm focused on it, I'm not... In the past, I have been sort of worried about it. Like, oh, there's a pain there. wonder what that is. Oh, maybe I should see a doctor. I don't think that at all anymore because I'm more intrigued by what this sensation is that I'm feeling. And it could be, sometimes it can be a quite painful, sharp, painful pain. And that, that's not something I want, but like it usually shifts pretty quickly. Like it moves. I don't know if I'm shifting it away, but it's, it seems to have a genesis point, like somewhere where, like I get a lot of activity around my ears. And then if I can relax this sort of like agitation that like could be muscles that feel a bit agitated or tension in my neck, if I can relax that, it seems to move through my body. Mm. I'm kind of like, sometimes it depends, like kind of feel my way through it, but it's like having a conversation Mm. in that like the sensation is there and I'm kind of like, I suppose, trying to let it be there. Do you feel like you've always been able to connect to this though? Or is it something that's come later in life for you? No, I've been practicing this for a long time. Yeah, I think yeah like it's my <laughs> my lazy way of meditating, which is just like laying, laying down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I need it regularly at the moment. Mm. Mm. I mean, I don't know if I do it too much sometimes because I get a bit enamored by it. It's like it's really interesting to me. But it's like sometimes if I have a really good session, I don't know if you've I had Reiki once and I've had sort of different kinds of people who do different kinds of body work or whatever, like, you know, that kind of um, therapy, that kind of work. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like energy healing type of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And during those experiences, I've had like the way it happens to me is there's like this sort of farty burp noise in my guts. Right. And I can feel like if, say, they're doing the Reiki and they're like hovering around my chest and I can feel this sort of like cloud of heaviness there. And when it shifts, when it's resolved, nearly always I get this this squirrely little noise in my gut. I can feel it in my tummy and it can be anywhere. It's usually around my tummy. It can be, it can be in my back somewhere, usually in my torso. 
Mm. If it's, say, a pain in my leg, it will release in my torso. And I don't know if this is the same for other people. I don't know. Like, I think there's, it's individual, right? Mm. Other people experience it in different ways. But this, how I've experienced it is it can, it, it seems to gurgle through my guts. And then... Now that you say this, it really rings a bell. And I, I recently had a distance Reiki session. Mm. And I, I did feel this kind of like churning and squirming and things in my, yeah, like around my gut area, like in my belly, mm. sort of deep in my torso mm-hmm. after the session. And they do tell you, you know, you'll, you'll be quite thirsty afterwards. Like, you know, don't yeah, do anything, yeah. you know, rest, don't do anything too physical and everything. I really felt it. And I also, like recently I've been, I've had a weird period of being unwell in many different ways. Mm. They don't seem to be connected on the surface, but I'm sure they are, and Lauren's convinced that, that it is. Mm. And I've also mm. noticed that now that I, as I started feeling better, I, I didn't have flu symptoms when I was ill, but then I started to get them when I started mm. recovering. Yeah. But like all yep. the symptoms that anything like, you know, flu symptoms, blocked nose, gassy, whatever, crying, mm. or, like every, everything just to expel from my body through any way possible you know mm-hmm. sneezing sweating peeing whatever yeah. um yeah and it is like it needs to be f- it, it, it was physically held and now this is the way to physically re- release yeah it. yeah like it's toxins and you i'm such a fan of crying yeah mm. i'm a massive fan of screaming <laughs> oh yeah screaming <laughs> screaming's <laughs> great i love it <laughs> i quite like a temper tantrum like a jump up and down like <laughs> two-year-old <laughs> <laughs> I love a, I love a good scream. I like. I, I really like... had one of those when you were in Porto, David. Remember when the the restaurant that did the vegan fantasia was closed? I got a bit what's the word, twatty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got, he had a he had a half. Yeah, you got in a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was in a strop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which you know for everyone else is great greatly amusing <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah right back at you you know we yeah, yeah. as we're family we kind of witness this more than maybe we would with friends i'm not sure it's tricky isn't it right because like it is you know like exercise really helps to get the ions out you know gets the gets that tension in your body out like it's like mm. it's a good way of expelling these things that are just otherwise they kind of sit there in your body and stagnate waiting to yes. be expressed in some way and like screaming is a really good way of doing it but mm. screaming you kind of need your own say a pillow which works or under the yes. ocean i've tried that as well <laughs> really? but if you do it like you know, if you're on the bus and you really need a good whale, you can't get away with it without appearing mental. No. Like, it just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, a coughing fit would be t- socially accepted or like <laughs> sneezing or something, you know. Like, it, for me, it's the same thing. Like, it, it's just as important. It's an emotional release rather than a physical one. Mm. It is. It's cathartic. I think there's people that sing now and they're singers and there's the rest of everyone. It's like, no, I think we all benefit from singing like loudly yes, whether we're absolutely. in key whether we're in tune doesn't matter you go to a concert and you're singing along with your favorite band and everyone's singing and it is the mm-hmm. best it is so mm-hmm. like it is therapy it's like the best kind of therapy because you don't know it's therapy you're just enjoying it and just really getting it out there mm. it feels good yeah yeah i mean i'm remembering that from like when I've, i haven't been to gigs where i've known the lyrics to sing along to for years <laughs> <laughs> gonna say that the gigs i really enjoy don't really have lyrics yeah yeah I know, same yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. all three of us are a real fan of a certain type of music and we just love having a stomp and for me like when mm-hmm. i when i go to this kind of event or concert or rave or party or whatever 
and I stomped for a few hours like it is biblical for me like it, mm. it is tribal yeah. like and yeah. <laughs> there was one time I actually thanked the DJ and said this is worship for me <laughs> 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 Lauren was there <laughs> um he loved it I, I was covered in UV paint like a butterfly but yeah. it honestly was like it was therapy yeah, yeah. it was tribal it was everything yeah, yeah. And all the music that I've liked has always kind of shared something in common with it it's always been somewhat aggressive really mm. pretty fast and mm -hmm. energetic like energetic uh, as you know like full of energy like really so so to express yourself to it physically you can really work up a sweat you know it like, like, you can get yeah. naked, you know you can knock yourself right out you can you know be breathless from, yeah. and that's that's like it is therapy we we did some, I helped a mate do a couple of like parties in when I lived in Melbourne, like some drum and bass warehouse raves. And Amazing. Like, the people that came, I could see the benefit they were getting from it. Like they were just, you know, they're people that are probably involved with, you know, some of the heavier ideas in, in this, in this world, you know, they need some physical therapy like that. They're like, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're attracted to darkness or darker ideas, you know, like they've, they're satisfied by something a bit more meaty than like sorry Katie <laughs> no, I don't mean actual I don't mean actual meat but you know <laughs> they, they like to like grind away at some pretty deep ideas and that does put you in contact with some stuff that you need to yeah expel sometimes it needs to be released it's like otherwise you hold on to it yeah I totally understand that if you don't get that if all you get is like all the ideas that we're able to receive now like through our media through the television like if you watched tv for four hours every night of the week you are absorbing so many ideas mm -hmm. exhausting if you just contain them all within yourself and have no way of like get, getting them out they kind of just sit in you yeah like you know work their way around until you can expel them tell you what i feel like is that maybe i wouldn't have been as ill as ill as i was or as ill for as long if I'd been to a good rave recently and just like, mm. you know, you know, flapped my wings like ducks after a fight, like mm. <laughs> maybe mm. that's, this is what I need. Like I need to, mm -hmm. there's things that I usually expel mm. like throughout, through my body. And I haven't been able to do that through a good dance or a good stomp. Mm. And maybe yeah. that's why it stayed inside and it is dis-ease in the body. Mm. It's discomfort yeah. becoming dis-ease. Which takes all the booger booger out of it too, doesn't it? It just means it's just a bunch of ideas that have not been flushed down the drain or allowed to leave type of thing. They're not mm. being given the right opportunity because what, what they've come to you for is to, they can kick around inside you and then release themselves by you having a good old boogie. Yeah. If you haven't had that good old boogie recently, they haven't been able to leave, so. Yeah. 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 I do get that urge every now and again. Like, there'll be times when I'll be out in the cooking in the kitchen or just out in the garden. I'll be, oh my God, like I need a good stomp. Not <laughs> being able to go out and do it at the moment. I do have another question. Oh, yeah. Has there ever been a time in your life when you've not been in the flow where you've kind of gone against what you intuitively know was right for oh, you? Oh, my God. Almost constantly through all my teenage years like every time I ever got a job or anything like almost constantly like every time I went to work when in a job that I didn't like that was so going against myself well unfortunately unfortunately I, I didn't have access to any tools that could have alleviated myself from that that was my sentence as I gave it to myself by my own sort of interpretation of life and what I'd been told and how I responded mm -hmm. to what had been told 
because mm-hmm. uh, it took, that's what's taken me a long time re changing that story and like understanding what was actually going on there and sort of not not wanting to reiterate that anymore because my interpretation of my reality was like you know the thing that was fucking me basically the thing that was you know that I was raging against and then complying to go with just to either appease other people or to fit the mold you know this is what you're supposed to do like Mm -hmm. never felt like I did loads of things that I never felt like I was supposed to do and I suffered for him every time. I, was, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know anything better at the time, though. I didn't. I didn't know how things worked enough to behave differently. Totally relate to that. What would your response be to people that would say, "Well, that's life. Get on with it." Mm. I'm not going to respond to them anymore. I don't care what they think anymore. And it doesn't matter anymore. So I don't have a response for you. You do you. You do yourself. Like you know, I'll do me. It's like yeah. it's all all I ever had to do in the first place. Like. The, the more the more upset I got with how wrong what anyone else said to me kept me attached to the things that I didn't want to experience. So, I've, you know, like, just have to, whatever, man, like, you know, take me, take me as I am and I'll do my best to present myself to you as I feel, as I want myself to be. And like, you know, if that means we <laughs> don't share any space anymore, so be it. And, you know, it, the more I'm, I go towards you know just doing me and like being happy with that and okay the less other people seem to give a shit you know like mm. I realized that they anyone who told me something that I knew wasn't true was only doing me the service of saying oi how much are you going to believe in yourself you know you knew from the get-go that what we're saying is guff and like you know you just don't have the ability to articulate what you know but if you don't need to you just believe in that thing that you know and don't like even if the hounds of hell like you know drag you into a pit so what like you know let them come on bring it on like you know you can disagree with me but i'm not i'm not going to war against you anymore i'm not going to war against stuff that i don't agree with because i think i've attached myself to it by doing that and it's not what i wanted oh i'm so happy you guys met virtually I know. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm so glad we've done this, and thank you, David, well, honestly, yeah. for, thank, for the music. Yeah, I'm, I'm a humbled guest as well like, on your podcast. Thanks for inviting me on. It's it's been fun. It's nice to meet you, Lauren, and um, yeah, you, you know, have, have a have a chinwag between all three of us. I think that's like you know, it's good to good to have these chats. I like them. It's good to know that like other people are involved in it. We're not just floating around in space <laughs> all alone, bumping into things that don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> we are all like under our respective blankets in different countries and our little rooms, but we're yeah. here together. So. Connecting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the, yeah, the yeah. music is my pleasure to do that. Thank, thanks for. That's like, really you beautiful. Know. Thank you so so I much. I love this so much. Yeah. Thanks. I'll be interested to listen back in a little while when this happens. Yeah, definitely. Good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thanks, and I'll keep listening too. Like you know, just be excited to hear your evolving podcast here as it takes on. It shapes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> yeah. Speak to you soon, Kenzie. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Love you, bye. Thank you for joining us this far in the podcast. We love that you're here. Please rate, share and subscribe to see this podcast grow. 
If you feel like leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it as it helps get episodes like these out there to more ears. We'll be doing a bonus Q&A episode, so get in touch to ask us anything. A big thank you to David Greenwood for creating our original music and to Adam Lawrence for editing.